It's the Fade Five Podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your best, you jack wagons. Brad McNoise Evans here. The good sir, Nathaniel Lundy as well. It is indeed the Fade Five Podcast presented by our buddies uh, Suavecito Tequila. Pick up a fine bottle of the Anejo this weekend. Uh, sip on it and thank me later. Uh, because it is ultra smooth, unlike some of my wagers last night. Oh, so close on a late Jamar Chase touchdown. Nearly had it, but got tackled by the shoelaces and did not get me on a profitable side. But uh, there is ample action left on the docket in NFL Week 3. But we also have uh, some action on the junior circuit in Ooh. college football. So, Lundy, give me your Ooh. pick the click. Among the collegiate athletes out there, I think there are roughly 3,000 games on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a ton. I'm working on the You Bet College football show uh, for tomorrow morning uh, here in Denver on Altitude. And I've realized there's just way too many damn games uh, for me to be able to deal with. But, Brad, I'll tell you what. Uh, I've got to pick uh, – in bonus time, we're, I've got an alt-line thing for you for uh, some of the action tonight, the Friday night action. Uh, but for tomorrow, how about this one? Brad, since 2014, ah, I remember it well, um, The when the service academies play each other, the under is 21-2-1. Mm. That is what the under is. And the over-under between uh, the midshipmen, who will be, you say that carefully, the midshipmen uh, and the Air Force Falcons, uh, is it 38 and a half? I'm going to follow the trend that we have seen for the last eight years, and I'm going to take the under. You get both of these teams. They do nothing but run the ball, which means all you've got is a clock that is constantly moving. So down at the Academy in Colorado Springs, about an hour and some change south of where I'm sitting right now, give me the under tomorrow morning between uh, Navy and Air Force at 38 and a half. Grab that one at DraftKings. I kind of like Air Force minus 14. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, me so too. how me about – yeah, like 24 to 9, something sure. like that. I think we sure. could handle that. I think we could handle that. But isn't that a crazy – I mean, we're, talk, we're talking about 24 meetings and yeah. 21 have hit the under, regardless of which academy is playing which academy. It's just that's what's happened when the service academies play each other in the last eight years. Yeah, definitely low scoring galore for either one of those teams. That could be the case yet again this weekend. My pick to click on Saturday. Let's go to the Miggity, 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 Mac Daddies, Daddies, and talk about the Kent State Ohio matchup. And I absolutely love the Golden Flashes, uh, the artist formerly known as Antonio Gates University, or maybe it still is Antonio Gates University. Uh, but I think they're going to cover with ease on the 11 and a half against the Bobcats of the OHIO. And the reason being is simple. Uh, look who Kent State has played. Uh, they were competitive, very much so, on the road at the University of Georgia last week. Only lost by 17. They also played at Oklahoma. Now they lost by 30 in that game. And at the undefeated and now nationally ranked Washington Huskies, uh, and they lost by 25. This is a team that is RPO-based and rabid in that uh, capacity. They're averaging 189.3 rush yards per game, and Ohio's given up 162 on the ground and 5.1 yards per carry. So this is strength 
on weakness. I think gold, uh, Kent State and the Golden Flashes absolutely steamroll Ohio and could win this thing like uh, 35 to 14 in the end. So give me Kent State. I will lay the chalk there at minus 11 and a half. All right, Lundy, with the college picks in the books, let's get after it here. NFL Week 4 with another edition of the Fade 5. Number 5. All right, uh, let's go to a running back on the board that I'm uh, rather high on, and that is Damian Pierce. Uh, Not only for fantasy devices, I'm heavily invested in his services. Uh, I think I extended the go-go gadget arm in every uh, single draft that I'm in uh, and got him uh, acquired uh, probably within two rounds ahead of his average draft position. But so far, so good. A breakthrough performance last week against my Chicago Bears. And I, I feel the odds makers have not yet caught up. And that's why I'm taking the over on 59 and a half rush yards, minus 115 at DraftKings. Look, uh, he's seeing uh, just over 60% of the opportunity shares because he's playing just over 60% of the total snap share for the Texans. He's RB16 in yards after contact per attempt at 3.46. So he's getting it done. The advanced analytics He's getting it done with the eye test. He's forced a missed tackle outstanding 28.6% of the time. And you look at the matchup, you know, the, the vulnerability of the Chargers has been in the trenches. Uh, evidence last week, uh, James Robinson went bananas. Travis Etienne did some damage on the ground. In total, uh, the Bolts uh, haven't exactly been hitting their targets here. 5.29 yards per carry allowed and over 103 rush yards per game allowed as well. CH went over this, and I mentioned James Robinson went over this total. So as long as Damian Pierce is getting roughly 15 to 17 attempts, which I feel he will. And, you know, you do worry about game flow and script. You know, can the Texans be competitive in this one? I say they can for roughly two and a half quarters, and that's all I need to score a winning ticket. So give me the over on Pierce, 59 and a half rush yards, minus 115 at DraftKings, Lundy. Fade or follow. Do you have a towel handy? I have a Kleenex. Okay, because you're going to be sweating this one. I, I there you Woo. go. I, I think you're going to be. I think you're going to be sweating uh, this one late, and I think it's because of the game flow. Look, I, I like Damian Pierce as well. I just would like him a lot better if he weren't on the Texans, um, because I think the opportunity would be there a lot more for him. I, I, I'm with you in terms of it's going to be obviously. This is true with every uh, running back. This is like Captain Obvious, little John Madden statement. But it's all about how many rush attempts he gets, and that's my concern is because of the game script. And you could wind up in one that is rather ugly. He's got the skill set. Man, he's fun to watch when he actually gets yeah. rolling. That's why I keep saying he's one of those guys that I look at and I go, God, could we put him on a better team and then watch him run the ball? Uh, because I think it would be uh, it'd be a heck of a lot more fun. I think he's going to flirt with that 60 number. You're going to be hoping he gets to the to the low 60s. I'm going to follow you on this one, but I'm telling you, I think you're sweating and sweating big late in the game on this one. Extra layer of Old Spice underneath the arms. I'm going to be sweat-free in the end. Number four. All right. Rah, 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 rah. Rah, 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 rah. As in Ramondre Stevenson on this one. A new Quattro here on the Fade Five today. I'm going to take the over, not on rush yards, but receiving yards of the Patriots running back. It's just 13 and a half uh, receiving yards at minus 115. 
at DraftKings. And Stevenson uh, really got a spike in playing time last week. You know, Damian Harris is banged up. I uh, suffered that knee injury late in the week two matchup. So uh, he might have been sequestered a little bit because of that. Uh, but Stevenson played 62.5% of the snap share. In week three, you got Brian Hoyer likely in. Mac Jones presumably out with that high ankle sprain. And I think Hoyer, the veteran, is going to be checking down like crazy uh, to both running backs in this game, and especially Stevenson, who's averaging 16 routes per contest. Uh, he's got a 77.8 catch rate, which is one of the best in the NFL at the position right now. He's number four in yards created per touch. So when he is in the open field, he's showing that shimmy. That shake as well to get loose from the would-be tacklers to get some of those chunk gains. He had four for 28 through the air last week. And there's going to be a similar output against uh, the Green Bay Packers, who've allowed 12 receptions for 76 total yards to the running back position through three games. So, Lundy, rah, 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 rah. You got to jam out with me on Ramondre Stevenson. Over 13 and a half receiving yards. Minus 115 at DK. I can't handle your Lady Gaga. I just, I can't. I can't do it. It's not, it's, there's nothing appealing about it. I mean, it's just, it's actually, it's kind of frightening uh, more than anything else. And hey, if you, it's nearly October. Yeah, but if you start doing, uh, if you start doing like duets with Bradley Cooper, we got a, we got a big time problem. Um, all right, let me get to uh, the the matter at hand. We shall follow on this one. One, the snap count went up. Two, something you brought up right there at the end. I want to talk about the Packers. Dalvin Cook, three catches for eighteen. David Montgomery, two catches for fourteen. Leonard Fournette, five catches for thirty-five. That's the last three weeks. Uh, the Packers have allowed a back to do this to them in three straight weeks. If Ramondre is on the field, looking at you, Belichick, put his ass on the field. If he's on the field, he's got the opportunity to do it. It's much like we talked about with Damian Pierce. So if last week and his snap count and the routes that he's run, if that trend continues, he should obliterate this number. It shouldn't even be close. He should beat this by 10 yards. He should be up in the mid-20s. We just need to make sure that we don't get Belichicked. Yeah, you definitely will get Belichick, but it could be a bad romance. I say no with Ramondre. Number three. All right, let's live in a land down under. And one of my favorite under wagers this week is uh, on Antonio Gibson of the Washington Commanders. Uh, and I'm thinking the under on 74 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards. Pull this one from Bet MGM at minus 115. Um, there's a disturbing sign. If you notice when Antonio Gibson and his snap rates, they have declined in three consecutive weeks. He only played on 45.3% of the snaps in week number three. Uh, he's still seeing 64.6% of the opportunity share, which is encouraging. But Brian Robinson is working his way back, uh, uh, coming off that unbelievable uh, attempted carjacking, which he was shot multiple times, once in the leg. And we uh, cannot wait to see him back on the field. And he has been practicing, and he's going to force a full-blown timeshare once activated. So you know, maybe this is kind of a last hurrah for Gibson. Maybe he's got something to prove, but... He's already 51 right now in yards created per touch. That's unsightly in that category. And he's gone 130 in total yards, 41 and 40 in back-to-back -back weeks. Dallas, sure, they're giving up a handsome 4.58 yards per carry and 126.7 total yards per game. But it's all about that declining snap rate 
with Antonio Gibson. And for that reason, I'm fully fading him. Lundy, do you agree on Antonio Gibson under 74 and a half rush and receiving yards combined? Minus 115 at Ben MGM. Fade or follow? Uh, I'm going to fade only because I don't like it. I don't like the number. I don't like the question marks about him. I don't like it about his usage. Because if you look at the Cowboys, the Cowboys have been allowing somebody to do this to them every week. Um, that It's just, it's been happening. So to me, I, I agree with you. I, I don't like what I've seen out of Antonio Gibson. If you own him in fantasy right now, you're just hating. You're hating life, man. I mean, you're hitting the bottle early. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's ugly. Uh, but it, I, I'm, I'm staying away from this one. I, I don't disagree with the logic that you've got behind it. It's just I don't like this number because we're talking about the combined. And look, 24 hours ago, you decided to to like, I don't know, like swim with the sharks and take the under on Tyreek Hill for crying out loud. Yeah, that was uh, dumb. Yeah. So I just I'm not uh, I, I, I'm a little worried when you decide to live in the land down under. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from this one because sometimes I think you're tempting uh, you're tempting the gods just a little too much. Uh, you talked about needing some uh, liquid sustenance maybe to get through uh, potentially this wager or maybe everything on the damn board. And if so, go out and grab yourself a bottle of Suavecito tequila uh, wherever you get your fine liquors. It's very affordable uh, tequila, and it is wonderful in taste, and it's ultra smooth as well. I, I'm a big fan of the Añejo. I like the vanilla finishes that are out there. And look, they, they've got quite the track record. In 2015, Forbes Magazine in New York City contacted 10 tequila experts. I was not one of them, but the next time, please do. Uh, one in California, New York, Florida, states where people know their tequila. And they asked those experts only one question. What is the best tasting tequila sold in the United States? And the answer of what Forbes Magazine printed on their front page a week later was Suavecito on Yeho. So go pick up a bottle right now and uh, live dangerously uh, this weekend. Uh, drink the entire bottle and uh, hopefully, you know, hit the over on some of these props or hit the under on Antonio Gibson. And if he miss, you still have the Suavecito that you can lean on to numb the pain. Go grab a bottle two. right now and grab this prop right now as well and number two on the fade five this week is tyler lockett put him in your pocket lundy i'm taking the over on 62 and a half receiving yards uh and this one's a gift in my opinion open at 59 and a half that's where i grab it i would still play this number up maybe as high as like 68 and a half 69 and a half why it's all about the matchup against detroit uh he's got to see some loose coverage in this game especially out of the slot uh, where he's playing about a third of the time. Mike Hughes in slot coverage this season has been targeted eight times, has given up five receptions for an average of 17.9 yards per catch and a 145.8 passer rating. You look at the last two weeks, uh, it's really all the evidence you need on Lockett to get behind this wager, 22 targets from Geno Smith for 18 catches, 183 yards. He's number two in average target separation, uh, which has always been a staple of his game. And, you know, again, because he splits time outside in the slot, I like him more than DK Metcalf. And I think the volume is going to stay cranked in a sneaky shootout affair uh, between Seattle and Detroit. So fade or follow my over and a very confident over wager here on Tyler Lockett, 62 and a half receiving yards, 
Minus 110. That's it at BetMGM. I think he's up in the 70s by the time we're done. So I'm comfortable with this one. You talked about that you grabbed it at 59 and a half. Hey, it's great. It, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to grab it early. Yes, it's gone up by three yards. And I know sometimes people that try to compare where the current stats are to what we've got up on the spreadsheets, up on Twitter. Uh, and you go, oh, man, it's already moved by this many. This is one that's okay. Uh, folks, it's okay that this one moved because I'm with you. I, I think he jumps. I think this does have a sneaky shootout appeal to it between these two teams uh, on the turf in uh, Detroit. So, yeah, I play this one uh, depending upon when you're listening to the pod, even if this thing keeps creeping up, if it gets into the, say, you know, upper 60s, maybe I decide to back off just in case. Um, but I, again, I think he gets up into the 70s, but I'm comfortable. This one's at 62 and a half now. I think you could do it at 65, 66, 67, right in that range. Then maybe you back off a little bit, look for some better value somewhere else or Take this one, Brad, because you and I both believe that this has the potential to be a shootout. This is one of the games that I've got marked on the schedule to be looking for some good value in one game parlays for this weekend because of the potential of the shootout. These are ones where you can go in and go, okay, give me lock it at 50 plus. Give me so go find a couple of smaller ones. Get yourself a nice payday on an OGP of maybe a plus 130, 135. You'll be cashing a good ticket on Sunday. This is a game to be watching for that because I agree with you. I think we may see a lot of points, lots of points means we got the chance for a lot of, uh, for a lot of good player props on the overs. And those are good on those OGPs. Oh, Tyler Lockett, you're oh so lovely. Number one. All right, a uh, little team Weibo's play here. Uh, I am going for my top play this week, all the Fade 5 podcasts at OGP. Are you with me, Lundy? Are you with me? Let me preach some knowledge to you if you're not. I'm going to go Elijah Moore, 30-plus receiving yards. And then I'm going to take both running backs on receiving yards as well on alt lines. These are all lines you can put together on OGP at MGM. Brees Hall, 10-plus receiving yards. And Michael Carter, man, just give me like, I don't know, one, maybe two catches. Eight-plus receiving yards. Uno, dos, tres, me amigos. All three legs hit. You're looking at a plus 165 at BetMGM. The reason why I'm high, especially on Elijah Moore, is to change a quarterback. Go from Joe Flacco. Uh, to Zach Wilson, and you already have an established rapport in chemistry between Wilson and Moore. And, and Moore has ran more routes than any receiver in the NFL so far this season. He's been over this uh, 30-yard mark in every single game. He's got 49, 41, and 49 yards. I've already waged on Elijah Moore on the over, uh, which has climbed up. I got a 37.5 receiving yards on the standard line. It's up to 42.5, and I would still play the over there because he's wide receiver four, uh, 14 in deep targets, and he's wide receiver 14 in total air yards, wide receiver 13 in A dot. So the underlying numbers are pointing me in one direction and one direction only. Again, with that rhythm established with Wilson, they could really take advantage of that deep, ball ability of Elijah Moore. The look at the running backs. Uh, I, I know Flacco's been a check down machine, but this is kind of the nature of the Jets offense in general. If you go back to last year, Zach Wilson often targeted the running backs in the backfield. And you look at all these uh, running 18.3 routes per game. He's been over this number. In every single contest this season, the 10 on the alt line. And you look at Michael Carter, he's you know done a, a step better. He's running 22 routes per game. I know he had the seven puzzling receiving yards last week, but he had 40 in week one and 27 in week two. 
and you look at Pittsburgh, four running backs have uh, recorded at least 10 receiving yards against them this season as they're giving up 5.3 receptions and 43.3 receiving yards per game to the running back position. So I absolutely adore. I am head of the heels uh, on this player prop. I have no idea why I was talking like a woman from New York there, but Elijah Moore, 30-plus receiving yards. Brees Hall, 10-plus receiving yards, and it's contagious. Michael Carter, 8-plus receiving yards, all three legs hit, plus 165 at BetMGM. Lundy, fade or follow? I think Carter's going to screw you in this one. I just got to tell you, I'm, I like this play because I like the payday. I like that this one's up to a plus 165. A lot of times we build these uh, one-game parlays. They sit around the like 120 mark, right? This one's up to 165, so I'm willing to roll the dice on this one. This might be, this might be like a half-unit play. This could be a Funston. I don't know. Um, we may try to sneak that. May try to sneak that in there. Um, but I, why do I just have this bad feeling that Michael Carter is going to screw you in this three-legger? I'm serious. Uh, I've got to get screwed. Yeah, I'm gonna get screwed. Gonna, he's going to catch one and get tackled for like a four-yard loss, and you're, he's going to finish like right at seven. He's running 22 routes a game, and and I don't think there's any kind of rhyme or reason if it's Brees Hall who's got a lion's share of uh, you know pass down work, or if it's Michael Carter. Just split it down the middle. That's all I'm asking the coaching staff to do. And if that happens, we're going to hit the over easily with both these guys. All right. I'm, one, I'm just telling you, Carter's probably going to screw you. I'll have some fun with this one. I probably won't go nuts on it. Like I said, I'm trying to build some OGPs out of a couple of the other games that I feel pretty confident in, one of which is that uh, Seattle-Detroit one we were just talking about. But um, you're going to see you're going to see some fun ones. I'll have those posted up on my spreadsheet. Obviously, you've got yours. Both of us have them pinned on our Twitter account, so make sure you're following and you go grab those. Yes, royal screwing, imminent, and probably <laughs> additionally as well. It bonus time, Lundy. College football, maybe Major League Baseball, the rest of the NFL slate. What else do you like this weekend? Oh, all right. Let me get one other. Um, uh, let me get one other NFL one in there, and I think you and I are actually in agreement uh, on this one. I like the over on Jalen Hurts' passing yards, uh, which yeah. sits right now. Uh, as of last night, uh, I think it was at two fifty and a half. Uh, so I feel pretty Ooh, confident in that one. The uh, Jags are giving up uh, what two sixty eight, I think, on average per game two opposing quarterbacks, but remember, mixed in there was an absolutely abysmal game from Matt Ryan, who who finished with a 34 passer rating because he had three picks in that game uh, and only finished with 195 yards. Otherwise, uh, you would have seen this that that average number that the Jags have given up would be even higher uh, than it is. There's just a bad game from Matt Ryan mixed in there. So I really like Jalen Hurts to go over on his passing total, and I would actually play that all the way up to maybe the the like the upper two fifties, two fifty seven, two fifty eight, and still feel confident with that one. I think he gets just two sixty comfortably, and maybe even up to two seventy. So I really like that one. Um, I told you that I've got an alt line for tonight's college football. Act Action. And there's actually five games scheduled for tonight in college football that you can jump on. But let me give you this alt line one. Uh, the Fighting Roadrunners, uh, UTSA 
will be taking on Middle Tennessee. I'm going to bring an alt line on the total on this one. I'm going to take over at 59 and a half, bringing that one down just a little bit, but then playing the over. And then let me do an alt line on UCLA and Washington. Yes, I know the Huskies have jumped up and they're ranked, but I believe UCLA can keep this close. This one is being played in SoCal. So I'm going to take an alt line there, take UCLA plus seven and a half. So the Bruins plus seven and a half, UTSA and Middle Tennessee State over 59 and a half, both of those on alt lines. That is a plus 121 at DraftKings. Couple more college football plays for you tomorrow. 25 is too many points. Give me uh, Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern to cover against Penn State. I just think 25 is too much. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and roll with this one. I know it's a little bit of a gamble, but I'm going to play that one. I think they cover. And um, this is a great stat, Brad. In the history of their football program, you're familiar with the minors of UTEP, correct? Oh, yeah. Aaron Jones, you. Okay. UTEP has never won in the Eastern time zone in the history of their football program. They are 0-26-1 and in the Eastern time zone, and they're actually favored. So give me Charlotte plus three against UTEP tomorrow, and I say the Eastern time zone jinx against the Miners continues. Uh, that's a great play. Uh, strong factoid there. Fade <laughs> the Miners of UTEP. I'm going to stick with the college theme here in bonus time. Uh, yeah, there's some bias baked into this, but it is the Brett Bielema Bowl in Madison on Saturday, and I think Illinois covers the seven against the Badgers. I actually locked this in earlier in the week when it opened at eight and a half, believe it or not. And the reason why I think this is going to probably be like a three or four point victory for the Badgers, uh, Grant Mertz uh, is going to have to do some vertical damage against Illinois secondary because you cannot run on the Illini as Illinois is giving up just 87.3 rush yards per game and 2.9 yards per carry. Uh, meanwhile, they're running the ball effectively with Chase Brown, who think I, I is on pace for roughly 10,000 yards this year. Uh, it's crazy what he has done so far this season. 604 rush yards in total. I think Illinois scores the cover at what should be a low-scoring affair. And fading Colorado makes you money. Keep doing it. I'm taking Arizona minus 17 and a half in this contest. Uh, you look at the Wildcats, are averaging 425.3 total yards per game offensively. Now, they're giving up 416.6 defensively, but Colorado can't move the damn ball. Uh, they're one of the worst offenses in the country, and on the ground, they're giving up over 300 rush yards per game and seven yards per carry. So Michael Wiley and DJ Williams are going to do damage and a lot of it in this game. I, I think Arizona wins uh, this one by 20-plus. All right, back to the NFL Three quick player props for you, additionally, that I like. Uh, give me Brandon Cooks. I know the line has moved on receiving yards. I'm taking the over on the former Beave on 62 and a half uh, yards for him against the L.A. Chargers. He's still seeing 28.2% of the target share. It's 9.7 targets per game. Number 17 in unrealized air yards. I think some of those are going to become realized because J.C. Jackson, who's going to be his primary adversary in this contest, last week returned to the lineup 
uh, was targeted five times, gave up five receptions for 70 yards. It uh, shakes out to a 158.3 passer rating. I think Cooks cracks 70 in this one. Uh, Sticking to the wide receiver theme, I'm going to take Amari Cooper over 56 and a half receiving yards. That's it for the Cleveland Brownie. Uh, seeing a massive target share of 30.7%. That's nine per game. Uh, he is number one among all wideouts in air yards percentage right now. Top 10 as well in yards per route run. And you look at the last couple of weeks, uh, 21 targets, 16 catches for 232 yards. And against Atlanta and Casey Hayward, who used to be a respectable corner, uh, not anymore. He's been very generous uh, based on his 158.3 passer rating allowed. That's all uh, the evidence that you need there. And last and certainly not least for me, Justin Fields, I think, is actually going to throw the ball 20 times. That's the magic number. I need 20 pass attempts. And he'll get over the 148 and a half pass yards prop. I think he cracks 150 this week. He even said he sucked. He was trash a week ago. Uh, but he's number five right now in air yards per attempt. The Bears have got to add some balance. Dan Montgomery is unlikely to play. You're going to get some Khalil Herbert in there. So you look at the Giants. Yeah, they're giving up 6.73. That's it. Uh, pass yards per attempt. But come on, Justin. Just you know, throw the rock 20 times. And you're going to hit a buck 50 and cash the over there in the end. And I am out of time. And so is Lenny here on this rapid fire edition of the Fade Five podcast. Drop us a rating and a review wherever you're consuming this podcast. Would you kindly shout out again to our partners, Suavecito Tequila. Grab a glass this weekend and thank Lundy and I a little bit later. Until next time, as always, feed or follow that. Is up to you.